Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to One for the Road, the podcast about running and the rest of your life. Today, we talk about, well, what we've been up to for the last two weeks, how to survive the winter training as the nights get a little bit colder. We cover great podcasts. The last couple of months, we've discovered some new ones. We talk about our voices and the London series continues with a look at London buildings. Ooh, and then we have an on the run, well, an on the walk. So hi, Harry. Hi, Missy. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Um, what have you been up to uh, in the last fortnight? Well, we've had bonfire night, so I spent a rather lovely weekend in the very picturesque Dorset. We built a massive bonfire, which of course all of the boys got really excited about and tried to uh, make as big as possible. Um, and I just really enjoyed being curled up on a sofa, <laughs> watching the fire with a nice big glass of red wine. Uh, and that was pretty dreamy. Um, but before that, I was having to present at a conference, which was a bit scary. I don't think I've ever been like a formal presenter before. They give me a badge and everything. But it was okay. I had How many people was it in front of? Like, I don't know, about 60, I reckon. Oh, okay. Felt quite proper. Yeah. I had, I did have my slideshow, you know, all, mm. the, all the presentations. <laughs> Got more familiar with doing a PowerPoint again. But it was fine. And I don't know, training-wise, mm, I'm struggling a bit. I think that feeling of coming back after marathon. I keep thinking, like, oh, I should be able to run. I've run a marathon recently. Like, this shouldn't be hard. And even four miles is a bit of a struggle. Like, it's just mentally challenging, mm. I think. But um, I didn't enjoy my run this morning, but I really enjoyed cycling here. <laughs> so I think it's going to be about exploring other options at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What about you? What are you um, doing? In a dramatic change of usual events, I've actually been doing some running. Oh. Um, so that's fun. I'm actually quite enjoying it at the moment. I think do- doing this race detox has been quite a good idea. Uh, so not loads, probably only like two or three times a week, but actually wanting to go running, which is a change. Yay. So I've been running with uh, my usual Run Dem Crew group on a Tuesday evening. Um, so before, I've done three or four weeks in a row now, but before that I hadn't run with them for about seven weeks. Wow. So that's quite nice. And I've done a few runs with my um, 
Brendan housemate Gosha, who's just signed up for Barcelona Marathon. So we've been doing some runs from our house as well, which is really nice. Um, so that's nice that I'm enjoying that again. And um, life-wise, I've been reading loads and loads and loads about minimalism and tidying and things recently mm. again. Uh, so I've just finished this morning a book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying, okay, uh, which was recommended to me by Kira on um, Twitter. Hi, Kira. Hi, Kira. <laughs> and um, I bought a copy for my mum as well because her house is a little bit untidy. Sorry, mum. <laughs> And yeah, it's really good. I'm going to hopefully one week, one evening this week, kind of put it into practice. So what kind of things do they advise? So she advises that you do one big tidy all at once. So you uh, see the mass, like you see the immediate impact of it mm. rather than a little bit every day. Mm-hmm. And that you kind of do every category in one, instead of doing it room by room, you do it by category. Oh. So for example, you'd go around your house, you'd start with clothes and get all of your clothes from every drawer, every room, put them and then go through them. And then you do the same with books. You get all your books. So even if they're in different rooms, you get them. So you can kind of see your whole collection in front of you. Wow. So I'm quite excited about doing that. Quite tiring though. Like yeah. I think you might need a whole day as opposed to just an evening. Yeah, maybe. It um, takes me like an hour, like a day to do my clothes. I'm quite slimline in my possessions already. So I'm mm. kind of hoping You're that very it good will be um, quite quick. But I'm also anticipating that it will actually take longer than I imagined. So maybe I'll save that till next weekend. Um, what else? Ooh, we've been doing some good breakfasts. Yeah, I've been going for a lot, uh, utilising the time before work quite a lot recently, but not for workouts, which I'm quite enjoying because I've really struggled to mm. exercise in the morning. Um, so yeah, I think our favourite one was when we went to Deschume. Oh, yeah. I had never been to Deschume before, which according to a lot of people is a bit... I can't believe it's, yeah, can't believe it's <laughs> taken so long. So yeah, had the bacon and egg naan, which was pretty dreamy. I now just want to have naan for breakfast all of yeah, the time. Yeah, it was a really, really good naan bread as well. Yeah, they're just, very good. Oh, so good. And the chilli jam was amazing. And They do very good. They do very nice chai as well. Next time I have a chai. I've never had a chai. In your whole life? In my whole life. They're, I think they're a good one to start with. I never had chai before I went there. Chai tea? Yeah, it's like milky. So I think they define it as chai tea. I don't get the concept of having a tea bag in lots of milk. No tea bag, just lots of like spices and stuff. Doesn't have actual tea in it. Okay. Okay, fine. I'll well, try I'll it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm very. You try mine. You I don't, don't, don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, it's different from like when you get them in like Starbucks where they're really sweet. Okay. I'll give it and a go. And that does just seem like really milky tea. <laughs> Talking of spicy, I almost bought yesterday the world's most expensive hot chocolate in Waitrose. It really? was hot chocolate with winter spice in it and it oh. also had it was like with a gold glitter finish and I was like, oh this is so exciting and then i saw it was three pounds 70 for, for a one? tub no a tub of like hot oh. chocolate powder but mm. still it was like a pound for cadbury's drinking chocolate so i was like gonna go with that one <laughs> stick on that one this one yeah obsessed with hot chocolates at the moment oh mine's getting quite cold mine's about the winter spice mix mm. that's what we were talking about yesterday about whether you could make what you could do with your porridge I like the sound of winter spice mix mm. in porridge. Maybe I'll just buy some milled wine mix and stick it in yeah, things. Yeah, stick it in porridge. <laughs> Make everything feel wintry. <laughs> so yeah, it has suddenly felt quite wintry in the last few days because it yeah. spent kind of a fortnight saying how mild it was. All of a sudden. And now it's quite cold. And we're actually sat in a building now where we can hear the wind like whistling around <laughs> outside. And it's, what is it? three o'clock in the afternoon and it's getting pretty grim and dark so we thought it would be a good time to talk about winter training 
and kind of how to survive it. So a few months ago, we actually did the opposite of this and we were all sitting here going, it's so hot, how do you go for a run when it's so hot? But now, times have changed. <laughs> it's really cold. I love how there's always something to complain about yeah. in running. <laughs> and I'm it's definitely the first of those people to moan about it one way or the other. Um, I think I... Layers are my advice. Yes, definitely. Lots of layers and kind of ones that you can put somewhere else on your body if you're going to take them off. Uh, yes. Like ones that aren't annoying to t- run with tied around your waist or that aren't going to fall off. Because I've run, done that before when I've run along with a jacket around my waist and then it's untied and like kind of gone around my ankles and it's all like, it's nearly <laughs> fallen over. That is an accident waiting yeah. to happen. need ones that are going to stay attached to you. Um, yeah, I'd say invest in, and I do actually still need to do this, but like a rain coat jacket like a thin mac mm. type thing because i have one but it's not got any sleeves and it's a bit crap when it's raining <laughs> so some well, things um, that will keep you dry um but actually one that is a bit more designed for running mm. would be useful because uh, they can be pretty light then and easy to carry around i think you'll always end up getting hotter than you think you will so mm. um i always end up probably in a t-shirt even if it's really cold so maybe only like one layer is one required layer. on top of a t-shirt or a vest. The most important thing I think is extremities. So mm. they stay cold, like a neck bath, uh, ears, something to keep your ears warm. A neck what? Buff. Oh, a buff. Yeah. Is that what you call them? Yeah. I well, that's the that. official brand name. Oh. Um, I think other I think alternatives are available. It, I think I just call it a neck warmer. <laughs> um, gloves as well, but I always end up taking gloves off. So ones that, again, you can stick somewhere. Yeah, gloves don't Ooh, last with me. On that point, leggings with pockets in. Mm. Like many the, multiple pockets, the Lululemon ones that we both own. Yeah, I, I think they're called Speed Tight. Um, are the best pair of leggings I've ever owned. I, I love those side pockets. They yeah, have. they've got side pockets, they've got back pocket, they've got little pockets in the waistband for like keys and oyster. You can mm. fit so much in them. Mm. Um, obviously they're quite expensive, but I genuinely think they're worth the money. Yeah, I agree actually. And having fallen over in those the other day. They did not tear. There's not even a mark where I fell over. So I'm very impressed mm. that they held out, given that I hit the concrete pretty hard. Oh. It was only because there was an uneven pavement, and I probably was getting a bit tired, <laughs> forgetting to pick up my feet. It was mostly. Oh yeah, I do that quite a lot. Just shuffle and then kind yeah. of like yeah. I do that when sticking I do, up. I do that when I'm walking. So it's, it wasn't <laughs> I do too that much a lot surprise. whilst I'm walking. Actually, I fall over more whilst I'm walking than when I'm running. That's the first time I've ever fallen over running. It's a bit sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I did that the other day. You know, when you're you're walking along and then you trip and then you kind of have to style it out and kind of pretend mm-hmm. that no one saw you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I tried to just get up and pretend I was fine. Um, I think that's kind of the main things for clothing, clothing like reflective yeah. stuff. I would say, I don't know. I noticed running even around the river here that it can be quite dark and pedestrians can't see me, let alone cars. Yeah. So it's worth thinking about if you've got some bright stuff you can wear surprising amount of people don't see you whilst you're running even if you're not particularly fast i find people just don't really look yeah so evenings light yourself up like a christmas tree <laughs> you might feel <laughs> a bit stupid a but it's dark so especially if you've got lights on it's kind of going to shield your face anyway because they'll just be shining so bright no one will see what you look like <laughs> i mean yeah we're at an advanced hospital it's easy to forget when you live in a city because the street lights everywhere or in lots of places but it definitely helps to have some reflective gear on, at least. I have a few, like, light-up armbands, which I should mm. dig out as well. Also, obvious thing, but don't go running somewhere where it, there's no people, where it's dark. Like, don't go running no. through the park. Don't or run through the park. along the 
Probably like I some parts of the river. Canal, huh? Yeah, canal. The canal dodgy. would scare me. No way out. Just be sensible. But I'm run with a friend. Like I think if you can find someone you like running with every now and again. I'd say don't let it being dark put you off though, because like that's why I really love running in the dark is because it reminds me when I first started running. So I started when it was dark or really got into it then and I kind of liked that no one could see. Like it was kind of like under the cover of darkness. <laughs> I love that you have this idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of be seen, but not be seen. Because I was, obviously had like a reflective jacket on, but it's still kind of, you do it mm. when there's less people around when it's dark. Um, and then weekends are obviously better because it's light. And then you've got all day to like treat yourself with a hot chocolate at the end. I feel like hot chocolate might be a theme. <laughs> hot drink. Nice hot drinks that you can reward yourself with. Yeah, definitely. And particularly when the weather's really horrible and bleak. It's like going out, getting it done, and then being able to like go back home and curl up underneath a blanket and feel really smug because yeah, you did, you did smugness. Your run. And I definitely think you get more smug points for running when it's cold. This is true. I do not know how you've done marathon training in the winter. I don't know how you've I'm done still... it in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> We're so the polar opposites with this seasonal thing. I'd rather be cold and then get in the shower than feel dehydrated and sick for the rest of the day after I've run in the sun. Yeah, yeah, I did. Have, that that is hard. So it's been a few months since we've spoken about other podcasts, uh, so we thought it would be a good time to recap some other ones that we've been listening to, because I've actually discovered a few new ones recently after kind of going for a couple of months where I was just listening to the same ones over and over again. Which so, is basically what I've been doing. Yeah, I did a bit of uh, research the other night and tried to find some new ones and actually found a couple of good articles where it recommended some new ones. Mm-hmm. So um, let's do a quick little rundown. Uh, the first one I found was, well actually I didn't find this one. Steph told me about it. It was called Gastropod, which is uh, actually a British one. Okay. Um, two women talking about food and kind of like the science and history of food. Mm. And the one she recommended to me was about um, alcohol culture and the difference between mm. alcohol culture in the US and the UK because of my no, no drinking stint that I'm on at the moment. Uh, so that was really interesting. Uh, it kind of did, yeah... It was kind of the embarrassing British culture of just getting really drunk all the time. Did it just prove the point? Yeah, and it was a lot about the science of what happens to your body when you drink that much. And there was someone on um, talking about a new drug that they're trying to like trial that means you don't get hangover. So it's like all the good um, aspects of drinking, like the social side of it, without the poor like health things. And it's that. You would still drink as you do normally and you take something. I think so, yeah. That makes you feel better. It kind of makes it not have all the damage to your body, which sounds like a little bit too good to be true. Yeah, I would think so. Um, But that's quite an interesting one if you like food. Um, Another one which will be quite big on its own is Women of the Hour, which is Lena Dunham's podcast. It's only a mini-series. So yeah, it's got famous people on it, obviously. Uh, Like Emma Stone's her agony aunt on it. Really? Um, The first one was about friendships. The second one's about bodies and it like loads of different things like hair uh like being in your own body it's just it's just kind of like what you'd expect from her really kind of like her book and podcast form I think okay is it her musings on it yeah Mm. yeah it's more like talking to other people than of hers I could be convinced yeah I think she does more talking to other people than just kind of monologuing so Mm -hmm. but I think that's what's okay about it cool um yeah I have a bit of an issue with the name like it's a bit too close to woman's hour but yeah, 
it's quite good. And the best one I found recently is called The Broad Experience, um, which is a UK podcast about women and work. Um, so it's just one uh, woman who kind of hosts it, talks to various different people, and they have low. She does loads of different topics about uh, like having female bosses, like introverts at work, um, having babies, like having a period at work, like just. It's just so good. And um, who is she? What's her like? I don't actually know, but um, yeah, she's British. She's been doing it for a while, so there's like 72 episodes. So 72? Yeah, I don't know, I haven't found it before, so there's an absolutely massive back catalogue that I need to go back and find stuff um, through. But I've listened to three or four of hers in the last week, and that was really good. Yeah, this sounds very cool. I've Googled it. Well, an iTunes reviewer says, a thoughtful, humane and accessible analysis of the unique challenges facing women in the workplace. Hmm. Mm. Sounds good. Huh. And quite relevant to what we've been talking about at the moment, generally. Yeah. So quite relevant, like women in the workplace. We were talking that thing of me having to do that presentation. Mm. I was so nervous of almost just how I communicated and really aware of what I was saying and how I was saying it. And it's coming up a lot, it seems to. There was that whole um, radio lab where they talked about vocal fry, which I still have never, I haven't heard of. And it's interesting how much you don't notice, for some people you don't notice the way they speak as opposed to others. And maybe in the UK we have different issues, Mm -hmm. but I thought it was quite an interesting argument. And the way when you're presenting to someone and getting up in front of people, how much I actually felt really aware of what I said. Mm. Not what I said, how I said it. How you said it. Um, And how, almost like I'm the kind of person who needs to write down every single word I'm going to say. And of course that doesn't come across very well when you're stood up in front of a load of people with your PowerPoint presentation. So I had to present at work um, a couple of weeks ago as well, but thankfully I was kind of co-hosting with a couple of other people and Mm -hmm. I only had two slides to do. So it was literally kind of two minutes I had to speak. And I wrote down exactly what I wanted to say, which obviously didn't work either. I just kind of... It was definitely one of those moments where I have no idea what I said. No. No. And it could... Hopefully it was relevant to what I was supposed to say, but I, yeah, definitely wouldn't have said exactly how I wanted to say it. And I think I'm very conscious of the way that I say things, especially because my workplace is a lot of older people as well. So I'm always really conscious that I sound a lot more casual than everyone else. Ah. And that um, I may be not using, it sounds really stupid, but maybe not using so many like big words or like explaining things in such a, maybe it's just an archaic way, whereas I'd explain things a lot more casually. Yeah. I think that's more of, it's, it's like a generational thing. I'm very quick to jump to abbreviations and shortcuts and not use, exactly, not be as complicated or complex in my sentence structure Mm. and my use of vocabulary. And I think that's just grown out of a bit of laziness as well for me. I'm lazy with how I speak. Yeah. I think that's, see, I think that was vocal fry then. So I've I've listened to a lot of podcasts about this recently and read a lot of articles. Mm -hmm. So I think it is more of an American problem so vocal fry is kind of like the kardashian thing where they're like oh my god that was amazing <laughs> and it kind of goes all crackly yeah that was such a bad impression so you kind of just go uh, yeah like that so i don't think it's such a british problem no because we don't tend to talk like that anyway Draw. i don't but, know but, but then, then when i said anyway then it was kind of a bit croaky oh but there is things like using like and using mm. um 
I definitely have a habit of saying um a lot. Yeah, so I say um all the time and uh <laughs> see I did it then. <laughs> I even know what they look like on the recording now on the word um. See that's probably that's because very you've become obsessed with it. So we're gonna do a little experiment this episode. I usually edit out all our ums. I usually I leave in like natural pauses and kind of thinking time, but if we say um I tend to edit it out where we can. But I think it's just a British version of like. So I listen to a lot of American podcasts as well, and they say like all the time, all the time. And I don't think they edit out things as much as I feel like I need to. Mm-hmm. But so I guess that's the point I'm kind of making is that do do we really need to be worried about the way that we speak as so much as we do? Because there was a bit of up speak there as well, which is where you go up at the end of your sentence and ask it like a question. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's. There is a point for how people perceive you and whether you're therefore then taken seriously. Uh, thinking about that women in the workplace. Women have more of a tendency to use um, and like in their language and to be perhaps more, maybe this is a really broad joke, but this is this huge sweeping generalisation, but to be a lot more um, casual and a lot more colloquial. And perhaps when you're amongst colleagues who we also see as friends, you're much more relaxed in the language you use. Uh, now I'm really aware of everything I say. Every time we're, uh, we just like pause and laugh now. But when you're in a team meeting, when you're discussing things with your boss, should your language and manner be different? Uh, and should that be being reflected in how you speak as much as this? And are you being taken... I, I hate this idea that you could be being taken less seriously because of the way you speak. Yeah, I do as well. But then I kind of always feel like I want to be the person that's being real at work so I I would say more than a lot of people I work with bring my real personality to work and my team see that quite a lot um mm. and I kind of want to be like that I want to be able to get on and get ahead and like be successful whilst kind of being a real person at the same time mm-hmm. I don't want to have to change my personality or act in a way that I wouldn't find natural just because that's kind of what you have to do yeah I think you can still be professional and be a person mm. at the same time and combine the two and used in the right context there's also that episode on call your girlfriend where they talk about this too because in a similar way to how we are our podcast is all about us having a chat and a general conversation and we want it to feel as natural mm. and like us just sitting having a cup of tea and you guys are just hopefully having a cup of tea with us or maybe running yeah <laughs> probably running but yeah, we, I don't think we're ever going to get to the point where we're kind of like sat reading a script of... No, what, we're never going to have radio voices. This is my radio voice. This is definitely my... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we sound different to episode one? I don't think we probably do. No. No. Okay, so following on from our last podcast and how we introduced Loving London... Did we call it that in the end? The London series. The London series, because of we live in London. We have moved on from views to discuss buildings. Uh, and it's, really, it's the thing of, you see, you think you know the London skyline really well, and I can think off the top of my head what my favourite building is. And I have since struggled for the last 10 minutes to think of what my favourite building is. Um, maybe it's just because they're so much part of the like tapestry and fabric of London and I walk over the river nearly every day, so I kind of just take it in now as like a blind 
this is London kind of mm. image. Um, but Lizzy, why don't you tell us what your favourite London building is and why? Mine is really obvious because I go on about it all the time and it's the Barbican. So we've recorded a few episodes from the Barbican before mm-hmm. and I spend quite a lot of time there just kind of chilling, hanging out. And I just I think it's just such an interesting building and an interesting place because, I don't know, I, I just really like the kind of severe... You like a bit of brutalist architecture, don't you? I do like a bit of brutalist architecture and concrete and it's all of the amazing things that I like. It's just so interesting, the whole history of it and Mm. the diversity of the different buildings, like all the different buildings there that make up the Barbican estate. Yeah, I just just really love it. Cool. Uh, Can I have two? Yes. Okay. I have... I think my first one is the um, Natural History Museum. Because oh, that's it. Oh, that's made me think of another one. Okay, sorry. Okay, you can have two too. Yeah, you can have one on part, part one, part two. Well, this one is because when um, it, it's more like a building that holds lots of nice memories for me, and that's probably mm. why. But I have a really vivid. The first time I came to London, I was probably only seven or eight, and my parents took me to the Natural History Museum, and I remember climbing the steps and thinking they were really big, and the building was really tall and, and huge, and I, I felt overwhelmed by everything that was inside and. It has such like lovely thoughts for me every time I go there. So that's why I love it. And I think now, because I live here, there's places I like are places where I can go and sit and it's mm. quiet and I can explore. And I have a real thing for libraries a lot. So places like the British Library, obviously. Uh, I've never been in the British Library. Oh my God, let's go. <laughs> we probably can't record in there. They won't let us. No. That would we can be quite just enough. go and read. <laughs> but reading rooms in general. So the V&A um, library is really nice. Hmm. The poetry library in the South Bank Centre. Like places like that where I kind of have a thing for being surrounded by books, but I can just sit and either read or sit really quietly is one of my favourite things to do. Which actually I haven't done in a while. Completely that. unrelated and going slightly on a tangent. But I've had a Kindle for like three years and for some reason recently I've been obsessed with buying actual books. Like I really can't get on with reading books on my Kindle and I just oh. feel like I want to go to a bookshop all the time. Interesting. You must have like had like a I don't know what, Yeah, which kind of doesn't go sit well with the whole minimalism, no. having not many possessions thing. But um, You can buy books and give them to me if you want. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I don't have to necessarily keep them once I've read them. I can yeah. once do something I else with a, them. I was at a bus stop. And there was someone had left a book there with That's a note on it. That's what I was thinking I might do. I might read them and then leave them on the tube with a note yeah. on them or something. So. And you can't do that with a Kindle. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, my second place, hmm. St Pancras Station. Oh, good one. Uh, yeah, the, In its new version? In new version, yeah. Uh, I think kind of similar. It holds quite a lot of good memories. So I would come in and out of there like once a week, once a fortnight when I was... Uh, long distance relationship being from mm. Nottingham and it's just it's kind of everything about London you kind of arrive in like a like glamorous yeah. big station and you're like wow I'm in London there's all these sh- like nice shops and it's all bustling and you can yeah it's just I think it's got that Euro, the Eurostar entrance there as well yeah hasn't it, it just feels like the glamour of traveling and mm. the excitement of arriving in London there's lots of potential isn't it yeah it feels like that So this time, instead of an on-the-run, I did something a bit different and did an on-the-walk. So I think the best thing to do is to play it and then have a chat about it afterwards. So today, instead of doing an on-the-run, I wanted to do an on-the-walk. I don't think that works quite as well. Um, 
But I just wanted to talk about walking in general because um, I've always been a big fan of walking, um, especially over the last kind of two years. And I read a really interesting article on The Pool last week. So The Pool is a fantastic women's magazine website founded by Lauren Laverne um, and a few other amazing journalist women. Um, And yeah, this article was about the joy of the mundane walk. And I totally get it. So I either walk or cycle or tube into work. And often I'll walk home from work because I've got nothing better to do than kind of go for a really leisurely stroll. And that's exactly what I'm doing right now. Um, I'm currently walking underneath Blackfriars Bridge. And I'm just going to walk all the way along the river out east to Tower Bridge near where I live. And it's definitely a longer way of walking. Um, I could easily walk through the city a lot quicker. But it's just so nice sometimes when you've got nothing else to do to just walk and take it all in so right now in front of me I can see Millennium Bridge I can see dark shadows of people walking over Millennium Bridge I can see a train pulling into um, I think Cannon Street or similar I can see right ahead of all of that the lights of Tower Bridge and just to the right of all of that is the Shard and obviously this is amazing because it's, I've just said all those London landmarks like laid out in front of me. I couldn't really have a better walk home if I wished for one. But even just generally walking around the city, um, it's not along the river, it's always really great. And I find it really clears the head. So obviously we've spoken before probably about how running is really good for clearing the mind. But I found when I'm really upset or really struggling to deal with something walking is so much better I just can't face the physical challenge of going for a run it takes quite a lot of strength to go for a run you have to have quite a lot of energy and especially when I've just come out of a relationship this is when I first really discovered love of running two years ago when I my really long-term relationship ended suddenly and I was just walking everywhere I'd walk on my lunch break, I'd walk after work, I'd walk to work, I'd walk on the weekend for absolutely no reason whatsoever. I'd just walk and walk and walk and walk. And it helped so much just to be outside, to be able to clear my thoughts. And that's kind of why I'm doing it now, so it's a Friday evening. It's just really lovely to, especially when it's not raining, which it's not now, it's a really cool, clear evening there's lots of runners and you might be able to hear them going past me just saw a grown-up on a scooter which is a bit odd and there's just lots of other people around but it's also really peaceful at the same time so I can hear the water lapping down beside me I can hear traffic I can hear some music coming from somewhere it's bustling yet serene at the same time and I don't think you get that from running you don't have the stillness to be able to appreciate that because you're you've got your breath you've got the thoughts of it being painful you've got your the sound of your feet and because walking isn't painful or as strenuous or as mentally or physically challenging but I think that's where the serenity can come from sometimes 
So I just thought I'd share my walk. If you have any other lovely walks you like doing, either in London or otherwise, do let us know and I might try them out. So yeah, that was my walk home from work the other night and I just, yeah, I just wanted to play it because I think walking's awesome. I really like running, but walking is also great. It's underrepresented. <laughs> yeah, I don't think necessarily as a means of exercise particularly, but just I think it's a really important activity to just kind of get some headspace yeah. sometimes. So actually I, I referenced the pool article in there, but I also read something else on Emerald Street, which I'll link to you this morning, which said about how important it was to spend time on your own and how it like um, helps creativity mm. and how like the best thing to do is have a completely separate space in your house or that you go to that you are completely like, alone with your thoughts. But obviously, especially in London, that's not like, I don't have a spare room that I can go sit in. <laughs> of that's course, I think yes. most people do. So walking is a really good way to get that kind of alone time and time to have some thinking time I think it's a really good time to catch up with podcasts or just listen to nothing it's just nice yeah I think the whole idea of being able to just stare into space a bit and Mm. let your brain kind of clear through a few thoughts I find it I like to walk and not not be listening to anything I'm really we were just talking about how um I used to walk to work every day. I only I, I lived I lived like three miles from where I worked at the time, so it was like a good hour's walk. But it was so nice because it, I felt so awake by the time I got to work, mm-hmm. and I felt really ordered. Like even if I wasn't intending to think about work or about the kind of like life admin I needed to do, the walk was a good way of sort of collecting, collating my thoughts and clearing my head before the start. Um, and I really miss that now. And probably that's why I find quite a lot of affinity now with running because that's been a bit of a replacement and a chance to do that but running uh, running you can be more conscious about thinking about your pace or you know your training yeah so what's nice about walking is you don't have any of those constraints you're yeah just... and it's the same with cycling like you, you do get some headspace but also you're paying quite a lot of attention to you know the road the road and <laughs> not falling off yeah for me, for me cycling still a little bit too much uh, I'm too like focused yeah on not I'm also <laughs> quite conscious of because I cycle the same way every day I'm quite aware that I do zone out sometimes and mm. that's quite dangerous in itself because you kind of go on to that kind of autopilot thing mm. where you know all the junctions so I'm quite mm. conscious not to do that because that's dangerous in itself so every so often I will just walk to work instead of cycling just because I'm like just fancy yeah a bit of change particularly if like the weather's really crisp mm. and like it's wintry but it's not freezing it's really nice as well like I did on Friday to do it at the end of the day because you're not in a rush Mm. so I think I took over an hour to walk home just because I wasn't going any like brisk pace I didn't need to get anywhere so it's just nice to walk along and wander it's very freeing yeah even getting out on your lunch break quick yeah I used to do that a lot when I first started deliberately and I need to get back in the habit of that not even necessarily because I needed to go out because I buy my lunch in the building so I've got no reason to but just even if it's like 10 minutes up the road and back Mm. makes a massive difference Mm. so yes go out and walk fresh air yeah it's good we sound like mums yeah we do we're so old when I was younger my mum would be like get outside and just just go run around the garden (laughs) a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Put a nice scarf on and go for a walk. <laughs> Maybe get a hot chocolate on the way. Oh, definitely. That's definitely what you would do. Yeah. <laughs> you see my eyes light up then. Yeah. Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Maybe we should get hot chocolate now. Mm. Okay, so we're going to go for hot chocolate now. I think we are. So we'll leave it there. Um, you can find us on the internet as usual. Our website is oftrpodcast.wordpress.com. You can stream us there and also we put up all of the stuff we've been talking about. So if we reference anything, you can probably find it there. We're on iTunes and uh, we're on Twitter at oftrpodcast. And if you want to email us about anything, um, we're at oftrpodcast at gmail.com. See you later. Yeah, see you in a few weeks. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.